This episode of Bonfireside Chat is brought to you by Latchkey Kingdom, which is a webcomic done by Nick Daniel. Um, yeah, it's at latchkeykingdom.com. It is a uh, adventure comic, a colorful adventure comic about a kind of whimsy, a sense of humor. It follows uh, Willow Dragonfly, who is a lady adventurer, and she kind of goes through dungeons and meets colorful characters in a, in a fantasy world that is video game literate, but not from a specific video game and is not a video game podcast. Or excuse me, not a, it's definitely not a video game podcast, <laughs> and it's also not a video game webcomic. If you're thinking about video game webcomics, you probably hate them because <laughs> a, a bunch of them are, are shitty. Mm-hmm. But this transcends that and is much bigger. Yeah. Um, yeah, He's a very talented man, and uh, I enjoy it quite a bit. So you can find that at latchkeykingdom.com. Thank you, Nick. Some of our landings were desperate adventures. We are now prepared to meet the inevitable counterattacks with power and with confidence. All people come here for the same reason, to break the curse. You're no different, I should think. Go through the door and trot along to the kingdom. But remember, hold on to your souls. They're all that keep you from going hollow. Oh, I'll fool you no longer. You'll lose your souls. All of them. Over and over again. <laughs> My name is Gary Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross. And you're listening to Bonfireside Chat, a cursed favorite. Yes, and this week we are beginning our Dark Souls 2 season proper by talking about uh, kind of our introduction and generalities, things betwixt, and Majula. Mm-hmm. Mm, Majula. Mm, yeah, tasty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then just, uh, so we we have seen, you know, just from a huge flood of support and iTunes reviews and stuff that a lot of people are just now checking out the show. So we thought this would be a good time to kind of restate the thesis. Um, you know, I think that's a good thing for shows to do every once in a while. Every episode might be somebody's first. Yeah. So uh, we want to tell you what we're about. If you've been if you've been sitting patiently, go make a popcorn <laughs> or go watch a Star Wars or whatever it is you kids do these days. <laughs> and new people, listen up. <laughs> listen so, up. Yeah. It's, Round up. It's about time for you to learn some science. Yeah, you're going to have to listen to this whole pack of podcasts. Yeah. I'm going to sit here while you listen to all of them, this and then we'll pack. see how much you like podcasts. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but you know what? That always seemed like a, like a really good way to make somebody like smoking. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or die. Yeah. I, I don't know if that you can actually die from that, but I feel like similar to dying from StarCraft, like I feel like somebody in a Korean internet cafe has probably died from doing the exact same thing. <laughs> smoking? You know? yeah. yeah. Like just smoking an entire carton of cigarettes. Like, yeah. Anywho. <laughs> Um, yeah, so we, we mentioned the name of the show, and what we're doing is we're taking the Souls games and some of their uh, influences and, and lineages, and we're kind of being an area guide. We're going uh, area by area. Um, you know, the first season we called it Your Guide to Lordran, and uh, and this is your, your guide to Dreng Lake. Yeah, so think of it as a very, very zoomed-in book club. Uh, where we take each area and we talk about, uh, uh, you know, the mechanics and the things that you're going to see and the things that you're going to do. Uh, but we're also going to try and draw some connections. Uh, one of our favorite things to do um, on here is to uh, kind of speculate wildly about uh, about the lore. And that mm-hmm. is often um, aided by the various guests that we have on. Uh, we don't have any guests on right now because that's just kind of a thing that we do for these introductions. Just the two of us, uh, me and Gary, Gary and me. 
um, mm-hmm. you know, shooting from the hip and whatnot. But uh, but yeah, everybody kind of brings their own perspective. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, as we encounter things, we'll talk about them. Um, you know, we're, we're going area by area. We've got our breakdown. Um, it looks like it's going to be about 17 episodes, uh, regular areas, plus some specials like we did in the first season. Mm-hmm. So if you were a fan of the PVP episode, uh, the speedrunning episode, we've got a couple ideas for those. Um, those will come later. They may not come at the very end when we're like desperately kindling the bonfire <laughs> and trying to, to keep the show going, even though we've run out of game. Um, we'll probably try to spread those out a little bit. Yep. Uh, but yeah, so it's going to be about that many episodes. It's going to take us through about November. Yep. Um, yeah. Yep. And, uh, you know, just so you know, we released, uh, the, the main episodes once every other week. Um, and then on the off weeks, uh, we do, um, uh, what we call our appendices, which are, uh, the errata, you know, we make mistakes, <laughs> we are human. Um, especially since this is such a new game, there's always new stuff to discover. And when we are wrong or when we draw a false conclusion or when somebody presents something that is way more intriguing than the thing that we, th- th- than we, uh, uh, initially say, we will, um, put it in there along with, uh, general responses, uh, to the area, uh, that we, you know, that we put out. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so if you end up having anything you'd like to contribute, you know, if you're sitting around listening to the podcast and thinking like, God, you know, I just want to see this, um, you can. If you go to uh, duckfeed.tv forward slash contact and uh, share with us your thoughts, we always appreciate it. And uh, that's where those live. Yep. So So, you'll get to hear uh, the thoughts on, you know, things betwixt and Majula uh, next week. Uh, Kind of one big note that we want to give to you is that uh, briefer is better. Um, you know, we will, uh, tend to do some editing for, uh, for content and time in order to, uh, really make your points pop. But, uh, just as a general rule, um, that is, uh, that is the best, uh, best practice. Mm-hmm. And also limit your, so since we're going area by area, we ask you to as well. So if you can limit your comments, you know, not to just kind of general dark souls gushing, right. um, you know, which we, we, we do, we have the platform <laughs> for that, you know, we're not, we're guilty of that as well. But, um, you know, just since we're kind of focusing on an area, um, Kind of limit your responses to that if you could. It'd be appreciated. Yeah. Um, we should take an opportunity to reiterate our spoiler policy. Yeah. So um, in our first impressions cast, we kind of laid out that we're going to be a little bit lax with spoilers, uh, by which we mean that since this game is so much more open, it'd be difficult to you know mention one thing without alluding to uh, something else. Right. 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 What Cole's trying to say is Solaire is the end boss. <laughs> so the... If you're wondering who you fight at the end of Dark Souls 2, it's Solaire. He's got a gigantic sun shield mm-hmm. and a sun sword, yeah. and he's firing sun rays, mm-hmm. and you're on the surface of the sun. <laughs> and, uh, and, and he summons Anastasia's tongue. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah, that's what he's trying to say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We can't we, we can't determine what order you're going to do these things in, and so uh, uh, unless you want to uh, listen to them in your own order, which is fine. But if you're playing along, we kind of have picked uh, picked a, a general path through the game that we feel is fine. Uh, what a, what a weird way to listen to the show! Like if you were to like William S. Burroughs it, mm-hmm. like listen to it in a random order. That's an odd like throw it on shuffle. That yeah. would be an odd experience. Oh, just kind of like um, oh, I'm you know I'm not going to go to the I'm not going to go to the Sinner's Rise from here. I'm going to or, uh, to the Lost Bastille. I'm going to go so and so. Like you know mm-hmm. you tend to you tend to uh, gr- uh, graze right. So yeah, I, can, I, I, can I guess see. that's true. Yeah. The um yeah so yeah we're going to not you know tell you that Solaire is the end boss um, until it gets revealed in the game. But we are going <laughs> to like like Cole just said Sinner's Rise. You know there's a Sinner. You know there's a Rise. We're not going to be that cagey about area names and some character names things like that. So uh, we're going to use our discretion. If we ever feel like we have to skirt the line to make a point, um, we'll throw in a warning at the beginning of it. But uh, we're not. We're going to try to keep that to a minimum. Yeah. It's a pain in the ass to fast forward your iPod. Yeah. 
definitely. Yep. But to, I think that just uh, to, to, to underline all of this, I just want to say we respect how magical that first playthrough is as you're discovering everything on your own. And uh, we want to preserve that as much as possible. Um, mm-hmm. within reason for the purposes of a discussion. So yeah. that, that, that is where our hearts are at. And if we fail at that, know that we tried. Yeah. And also as just kind of a general rule, um, there are connections that Dark Souls 1 in this game. We are going to talk about them. Um, everything in Dark Souls 1 is on limits. Mm-hmm. So the fact that you fight Solaire's dad in the end of Dark Souls 1, and then you fight his son in Dark Souls 2, and it's just about a killing an entire family line. <laughs> oh, um, is a series. The, yeah. uh, <laughs> exactly. Um, you know, that is all. So so uh, play Dark Souls 1, which yep. of course you have. <laughs> right. But, uh, yeah. Yep. It's so good. As, it's a good game. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> 7 out of 10. Pretty decent. The, um, as it has become a tradition for us when we did the Demon Souls episode um, and we did the Kingsfield series, we've kind of started off with a series of differences between this and the games that preceded it. Um, we've broken them down into kind of 13 broad categories uh, <laughs> that have some kind of smaller points, and we're going to go through those and kind of explain them. So think of this as Dark Souls 2 for the Dark Souls 1 player. So I'll begin with number one, uh, which is movement. This game feels different, Gary. Not just uh, mm-hmm. in that it's lighter and airier, kind of like a kind of like a Demon Souls, but maybe even more so because mm-hmm. there are differences to things like falling, roll speeds, jumping. Um, you know, they're all different, and they're all kind of affected by this new stat, uh, which is uh, which is agility, um, which goes up with your ad- uh, adaptability and mm-hmm. uh, endurance. Yeah. Yeah, which is, you know, primarily is, the, you know, the speed of your actions and your iframes and rolling. Mm-hmm. Um, it's actually, this is one of the a weird stat that is people on the internet are still saying we don't know everything that it does. Right. And um, we haven't gotten into that, like, crazy Dark Souls science testing <laughs> phase with it. But I think you'll feel a difference. And uh, for the longest time when I sat down to play this, I couldn't tell if this was actually different because I was playing on a PlayStation 3 controller. Yeah. And that was actually what was going on. But it actually, it is very different. But you you get used to it. And it just feels like a second skin. Now, so uh, yeah, Uh, number two, combat is pretty different. Now, Um, you know, backstabs work differently. You're not invincible when uh, instigating them; they're easier to miss. Um, The parry timing is a lot tighter. Mm -hmm. Um, There is guard breaking now, as opposed to kicking, um, which has kind of a mechanical, you know, uh, critical hit effect that's a little bit more pronounced. And uh, but, however, there's still a huge emphasis on poise and stability in your equipment. Yep. And in addition to that, you know, if you are going to be rolling uh, high poise, you may be able to do things like uh, dual wielding, which is now totally a thing. There are animations for every uh, for every uh, uh, you know alternate offhand attack, but uh, it's difficult, you know, because you're rolling without a shield, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of a cool, you know, high damage glass cannon kind of way of doing it. You actually attack much. Uh, Something that just came out today, Emerald, who's a Dark Souls YouTube person, just put out a video that if you alternate your attacks when dual wielding, you're much faster than just hammering on R1, right? Um, you know, there's lots of little effects like that that kind of come into it. Um, you have a lot more items available to you, but durability is entirely different. Um, rather than it being a rather kind of rare experience where some of your equipment will break, your equipment is, is degrading whenever you use it and is replenished by bonfires. So uh, that kind of, you know, if you're going to be in a longer level, um, you know, such as No Man's Wharf, um, <laughs> your weapons are likely to break before the end and you have to be prepared for that. Yeah. So it, uh, it, it is good to have some backups with you. Right. Because and when something breaks, it is not, uh, not gone forever. Right. You can fix it. Yeah, which uh, has a huge impact on certain rings, mm-hmm. too. Um, yeah, it changes the way that uh, things kind of flow. 
Um, in addition, you know, death works pretty differently too for both you and uh, and your enemies. Uh, you hollow progressively, so as opposed to being a binary thing, uh, you know, you lose five percent of your total health each time. And what's it's, pretty, uh, I think it's ten percent. Ten percent. Oh, okay. Yep. Cool. Down to fifty. Um, although that can get uh, even lower if you do uh, <laughs> if you if, if you uh, have a lot of sin. Down to like ten percent of your health, which is nuts. Yeah, I, I, I I'm learning that for the first time now. I did yeah. not realize that was tied to to sin. Mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's nuts. And it, it makes a huge difference. It's, it's kind of splitting the difference between the way that Dark Souls did it, mm-hmm. where hollowing was just kind of a condition and had certain gameplay ramifications, but nothing on your health. And Demon Souls, where, you know, in soul form, you're automatically at half health. Right. And it has a kind of a, a you know, a narrative um, kind of sense in that simulating you slowly losing your grip, yep. you know, to humanity, which I is I love that about it. Yeah, um, you, know. you know, things get more desperate, and uh, and you're punished for trying the same thing over and over again. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to try something new because when it doesn't work, you know, there's actually consequences for it. Right. So. Yeah, and uh, it definitely mirrors your own personal uh, descent into hell as you uh, as you mess up. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know get what one of the effects this has is you know one of my favorite moments or gameplay experiences in any of the souls games is when you get to where you had nothing to lose um you know and it takes longer to get there now you know being hollow with zero souls and no blood stain in dark souls one you can try everything but here it puts that off a little bit Mm -hmm. longer and you're you know i found myself trying you know kind of yoloing it less frequently yeah than than i do uh did in the earlier games far more risk averse yes yeah, which I, I think you know ended up being you know just adding to that sense of trepidation. That's that's part of the series. Um, further, you know there are enemy death limits now. If you kill an enemy a certain number of times, I think it's around fifteen, um, they will stop respawning. Yeah. And uh, this kind of serves a dual purpose. One, it's a little bit of an anti-frustration measure. You know, if you run through an area that many times, some guys won't show up, and it'll be a little bit easier. Um, but it's also to discourage farming, and uh, you know that's the kind of stated reason from uh, from from. But uh, it kind of has both effects. And, uh, yeah, that's new for the, the Soul series. The game world does not automatically totally restart every time you rest at a bonfire. It's a little humiliating when you, when oh, you, when you, you first get somewhere. Yeah, yeah and, and there's, there's nobody there. Yeah, who, like... who was the, the first enemy that you ran into that with? Um, I'm not sure. I think it started happening even at that first one in the, in the, in the Huntsman Cupes. Um, yep. Keeps. Um, but, uh, it's most noticeable like right now with, uh, with, oh, wait, no, it first started happening to me with, uh, with the force of the giants, Huntsman Kips, um, the, the, mm-hmm. the last bonfire leading to the, to undead purgatory. Mm-hmm. Since I made that run so many times, it is now just a complete like desert. <laughs> Yeah, because so. <laughs> it's you, you here. You do it. Yep. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. It's, it's all yours. The uh, the first one that I ran into, I didn't know about the the mechanic when I first went into it, um, but was uh, the one of the jailers at the Lost Bastille, huh. um, and the, the you know that was really surprising. It's like where the fuck is that guy? And I kept kind of looking <laughs> over my shoulder, thinking you know he had wandered into mm-hmm. some corner and was going to sneak up on me. But that is a little unsettling that. because you expect the world to be static. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when you first learn that, it is a it is a big big change. But uh, you know, generally for the better. I don't. It's not something that I I feel like I've been hungering for the entire time. Uh, but some people on the internet are freaking out about it, and I mm. don't think it's a, a terrible thing. Yeah. Um, let's talk about class. Class. You gotta have class. Yeah, let's have class. Let's yeah. put on the Ritz. <laughs> They're different. Yeah. 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 Totally different than uh, than Dark Souls One or Demon Souls. Um, you know, there is no pyromancer and no thief. Um, and they've added the swordsman, which is a you know, I guess closest to the um, 
the Boy, Wanderer. Like, yeah, the Wanderer from uh, from Dark Souls One. He's a yeah. you know a deck space character, but he uh, is a dual wielder right, right. from the start. And uh, starts with upgraded weapons, right. which is a huge, huge plus. Yeah, yeah, yeah a huge plus, because, especially because you're picking your classes for kind of that early game benefit. You can turn everybody into anything. Um, yeah. But uh, but yeah, that is uh, that, that that is a pretty big up for you. Um, yeah. There's also also the um, the the trout the adventure or explorer. Mm. What's the name of the? Uh, That's the explorer, which is closest explorer. to the thief, but it's uh, slightly different. Starts with more uh, consumables. Yeah, which is an interesting way to take it. Mm-hmm. Like his stats aren't great, but his uh, he has lots of items, and some of which you don't get for a long time. You know, right. starting with a Pharos Lockstone is kind of a big deal. True. Um, um, yeah. it, additionally, I forgot to put this in the notes, but uh, but you, uh, you, your gifts are kind of less significant now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's nothing you know as clearly overpowered as the master key, right? And that that single handedly makes it less significant. <laughs> you know, in Dark Souls One, there was just the choice of like challenge run or master key, right? And that was it. You know, there's no reason to ever take anything else. Um, you know, here they're they're spread out a little bit more. Um, you know, everyone thought there was a joke item um, in this <laughs> petrified chunk of wood, but it is not nope. actually a joke <laughs> item. Has a an immediate use yep. in the game. Um, they've done a bunch of rebalancing as well. Mm-hmm. Um, to the game so the uh formerly um sorcery was kind of easy mode in dark souls one <laughs> nope. and uh, and yeah, nope <laughs> no longer sorcery is hard mode now yeah uh, um the uh and clerics used to suck i mean they were fine as fighters but miracles sucked and clerics more or less sucked and now they're great yep <laughs> like now it's kind of the uh you know until you get pyromancy it's kind of the the op magic class um as i'm getting a little bit further and experimenting with casting in my second playthrough mm-hmm. There is a little bit more balance to the sorcerer-cleric dichotomy than I originally thought. Um, just in that, you know, sorcery, you get so many casts. Right. And uh, as opposed to clerics, and you don't get, very, you know, very many at all. Um, but the spells are just so underpowered. Yeah. And starting as a, a sorcerer, you don't, and you don't have enough strength to wield a short sword. Like, you're right. so, so weak. Yeah, you're you're fragile, too. Like, yeah. I think you have, like, three uh, three vitality or something. Yeah, it's a, it's a kind of incredible. Yeah. Deprived are totally unviable now as well. Yep. Not unviable, but it's the only soul level one class, and they have six and everything, which, mm-hmm. it should be noted, someone just recently completed the soul level one playthrough of this oh, game. Oh, cool. Wow. Yeah, which is pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. Six in every stat. So. Wow. Yeah, no, that is uh, that, that, that is nuts. I didn't think about that because, yeah. you know, Pyromancer at least had, a, had something of a one-up. Well, it had a huge one up. Yeah, you know, because like you know, the the strength of your pyromancy has nothing to do with your level. Mm-hmm. So you're pretty powerful. Like a, a soul level one pyromancy does pyromancy just as well as a soul level 100 pyromancy. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, and th- that's no longer the case. So this person, you know, that sounds tedious. Like yeah. I, I didn't love my soul level one run of Dark Souls, but I will not do one of Dark Souls two. <laughs> I think yeah. that does not sound fun to me. Yeah. But yeah, I think the lesson here in general, you know, is that is that might does make right. And especially in the in the early games, uh, you know, uh, having the wrong spec, um, especially something that can't soak damage. Uh, it's a bloodbath and uh, it is definitely hard mode. Yeah. And, that, and I wonder how much of that's going to change. Um, like right now, strength weapons have such a huge advantage and uh, and being strong. Um, I wonder if any of that will get rebalanced, you know, because that happened multiple times with Dark Souls before I even came to it. And I'm curious how much of that will remain. I'm kind of curious, too, because like every time you start up, at least on the PlayStation 3, it tells you about calibrations. Yeah. And I'm wondering if that is, like, on-the-fly difficulty rebalancing. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I, I wonder. I mean, uh, it's, and it's totally it's, – I would be surprised. It, and one of the things I'm, I'm fairly certain they're going to change are item drops. Like, <laughs> there are certain areas where I'm getting item drops that make no sense and I'm getting tons of them. Yeah, I've got, so like, I feel 15 like that's, slabs. Yeah, yeah. I think that's probably a mistake. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I could be wrong. Yeah. Um, covenants are different. 
yeah, there, there so there are fewer straight up break, uh, broken covenants just because the the, the the server architecture makes things like uh, you know the, the the way of blue viable, whereas it would have been a broken mess before, right? Yeah, yeah, and it's still you know it, right now there aren't tons of people invading, so the the way of blue only kind of works now, but it would have been a straight up Gravelord in uh, Dark Souls One, yeah. and uh, there are no covenants that that are as broken as Gravelord or as redundant as the the Dragon Bros. Mm-hmm. In, uh, in this game, like all of them kind of have a purpose and the purposes are more varied. Um, the PVP covenants are, are much more interesting, specifically the uh, the rat bros. Oh, God. And uh, yeah, the Belfry guardians, you know, are just they have kind of like a adding kind of new gameplay modes mm-hmm. like, um, you know, playing um, as, as the rat covenant or playing as the Belfry covenant um, are kind of like one's almost like a variation on like a, a capture the flag. Mm hmm. You know, in Dark Souls and the other one is, uh, you know, like a trap, like a defense, like almost like a tower defense. Yeah version of the game like it's very interesting mm-hmm. um what they done with covenants i'm a really big fan yeah definitely so. and uh you know as like like not a lot of it's like okay so so the so the uh area protection stuff is not that different um you know like that there were area protection ones before but it's so much more interesting like you said yeah you know? well in this and, one the, the area protection are you talking about the uh the yeah. belfry or the uh oh i'm talking i'm talking about both like before it was just uh, either the forest or in dark in orlando um, yeah. you know, like the, the, this gives you that purpose, right? Well, and throwing the, the goal in there, throwing the, mm-hmm. the lever yeah. in there and kind of putting, you know, defenses in front of the lever. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you can just go there to fight, but trying to, you know, bring in a team to, to ring that bell <laughs> is pretty neat. Um, and then just the way that the rats work where they actually draw unwilling people into their world. Like yep. that's brilliant. <laughs> yeah. That's so good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, kind of moving on to point five, the multiplayer. Uh, so as as we kind of alluded to with uh, with the covenants, dedicated servers uh, mean that it's much more reliable. I'm finding so many more summon signs now. Oh yeah, um, than before. Yeah. And 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 you have to if you see a summon sign, jump on it because somebody mm-hmm. else will grab that helper. Oh yeah, like right away. And if you, yeah, and if you want to be summoned, no problem. Mm-hmm. Throw down your sign and you'll get. I fought old sinner with people maybe five times in about mm-hmm. twenty five minutes, <laughs> which you know, and that's including the time of the fight. Like that would have yeah. been unthinkable right. in Dark Souls One. So. Very, very cool mm-hmm. working multiplayer. Um, matchmaking is really different now. They, they made some attempts to address the kind of soul level one gankers with end game equipment and really low uh, level by having something called soul memory, which is how many souls you've spent, um, regardless of how you've spent them. And uh, the, so it's match, match made on, on that basis, which means that you're less likely to run into a guy and like, you know, run into a level 10 dick wraith mm-hmm. at level 10 when you're on the first time through the game. Yeah. The idea is that it's a little bit more evenly matched is it how many you've spent or how many you've earned i think it might be how many you've earned actually okay yeah the um yeah so it's a little stat in the the upper right of the the screen and uh i've only been invaded a couple times and my my win loss ratio is perfectly even that's not necessarily (laughs) evidence but that is uh that does happen to be true i did not feel like i got invaded by anybody who's super overpowered yeah i've only been invaded like twice i think yeah yeah but as we said before not a lot of people are invading right now have you been invaded while hollow um yeah okay yeah, you get invaded by Hollow now. That's okay. no longer protection. Yeah. So, um, if you want protection, play offline. Yep. <laughs> so, um, also, co-op is now timed. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is uh, that is something new, uh, which kind of, uh, on one hand, uh, makes it so that uh, you know, co-oping with somebody through a level, like you know, from from like a, a non-boss bonfire, um, is is less of a thing. But like, I, I feel like that being a fact makes it so that I remember that I can co-op with somebody in just kind of a regular area. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's also it depends on I think it depends on what soapstone they're using. Yeah, yeah. Um, how long it lasts. So I think the the if someone's using the regular soapstone, I've never had somebody unsummoned 
Okay. Like, uh, you know, the levels that I've actually summoned people for, which are not very many. Mm-hmm. I mostly have done bosses. But for the levels, uh, people get to the end. Right. You know, so. Yeah, I wonder. I don't know what the exact time limits are, though. And uh, that's something that will come out, I think. Yeah. Um, speaking of summoning someone right next to a bonfire. <laughs> yep. Yeah, uh, point number six here. Bonfires are uh, um, not entirely different, but uh, they function uh, very, very specially. Uh, you can now teleport from any bonfire. Uh, not just a couple. Um, teleport from any to any, right? Yep. And uh, the bonfires are much, much more plentiful now. Mm-hmm. Yep. And as soon as you unlock them, too, there's no Lord Vessel or anything to get. Right. And uh, the biggest thing, other than just kind of anti-frustration you know, feature again, is this changes the level design in a huge, huge way. So the levels are really these kind of granular bits from bonfire to bonfire. Once you get you know, from one end of a very difficult area to the other, unless you want to, there's no reason you'll ever have to go back through there. Right. Um, so they've taken those individual kind of units of level and up the challenge quite a bit. And uh, it makes it feel a little bit more Demon Souls-y. Like Demon Souls had discrete levels as well. And, uh, and this does too. Yeah. Each level is like a series of sprints now. Yeah. 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 And uh, it allowed them to do, you know, just kind of, I don't necessarily, like I like the open world part of Dark Souls 1. Like I don't <laughs> feel like this is an unequivocal win. But it's inter- I'm glad that they didn't just kind of make this choice to make easy mode. They also, it was very considerate. Mm-hmm. Um, at your bonfires, you can light a torch, which uh, leads us into point seven which is that light plays a huge role in the game, um, both from a visual perspective and from gameplay. Yeah. So you have these torches, you can light sconces. Uh, there are certain areas kind of like the, uh, um, oh gosh, I'm forgetting the name of it already. I'm going hollow, Gary. Uh, <laughs> like what, what is it? The Tomb of Giants? Yeah, there we go. Yeah. Um, you like the Tomb of Giants or uh, Blight Town to a certain extent um, where visibility is a, is a real factor. But because of the shadows and because of just uh, this kind of revamped graphics engine, um, visibility is a huge, huge deal. Yeah, it makes it makes a lot of things easier. There are enemies that react to it. Um, it makes mimics easier to spot. You know, mm. if you light things up, there are certain um, like kind of mechanisms you can uh, activate that'll light up an area and make a really huge difference. Yeah, um, it's a big deal. Mm-hmm. So you're building a birdhouse in your soul. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the uh, yep, the what is it? The flame butterfly <laughs> and the canary in the lighthouse. Yep. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so number eight is what I am cutely calling sprawl, not tall. So mm-hmm. we spent a lot of time in Dark Souls 1 uh, talking about how vertical uh, the world is and how it kind of folds over itself um, a-, a lot. Uh, this is structured entirely different than that. Uh, there, there is some shortcutting and there are uh, kind of some parallels. But, uh, but in general, this is a gigantic, I mean, gigantic hub and spoke kind of thing. When you're going down a path, you're following it, you know, you're following it, you're following it to its terminus. And uh, this game just keeps giving. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you you will round a corner and think that you are you know nearing the end of something, and actually just get that little title card <laughs> sound and uh, have a whole new area to explore. Um, that verticality too, like I think part of this comes up into this next kind of subpoint is that you're exploring a bigger gameplay area. You're also exploring a bigger area in the fiction. In that uh, this is a continent. You know, there there's an in-game map that has lights that. You know, you eventually find that has lights that correspond to different lights that you light up, mm-hmm. and it's huge. And uh, time and space is, you know, th- this is spacey-wacey the same way that <laughs> Dark Souls 1 was timey-wimey. There are certain uh, paths you'll take and geographical relations which make no fucking sense. <laughs> right. Like, you, you, you know, there's one specific area where you get through an area that you can see dead daylight. You go up an elevator and end up underground, essentially. <laughs> yep. Like, you know, you're going through portals or you are just, you know, traversing space in a way that doesn't 
uh, you know, necessarily makes sense. It doesn't have to, but it's a different way of doing things. Mm-hmm. You know, there's less of that. Oh, I can see, you know, Ash Lake from, you know, Tomb of the Giants. Yeah, there's a little bit less of that. I feel like it's a little bit of a loss um, in that regard because that was one of my favorite things about the world from Dark Souls One. Yeah, I, I I think I would agree. When the one thing I do like about it is that kind of you know as soon as you get to the floor you get out a shovel mm-hmm. kind of feeling you know the yeah. fact that these things just kind of I love the bigness of it yeah you know the fact that this game kind of you know I kept running into new areas when I thought I was done that was a joy because I just I love the series and more to play is a good thing definitely but I agree with you as far as the world design yeah. I think that was a little bit stronger <laughs> and what is a world of there are not people in it so point number nine the NPCs um, the mm-hmm. quests work just a little bit differently um, in that uh, most of them are based around combat. So as you are following them from place to place, a lot of them are uh, viable uh, boss summons uh, to go mm-hmm. into a fight with you. And uh, it is it is uh, imperative that when that is an opportunity, you bring them in with you. Because there are a lot of them where you can't see the end unless you have uh, fought with them at every opportunity. And they survived. Yes. Which is infuriating. <laughs> like, a little bit. That's, that's the part that drives me fucking up the wall. Because like... You know, just having to battle with them, I think that makes tons of sense. Like, oh, this person's going to trust me more if we've done battle together. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. But, the you know, some of these people are really difficult to keep alive. And uh, it just feels very, you know, very random yeah. uh, sometimes. So that's pretty frustrating. But, yeah. um, you know, they in generally work a little bit differently. You know, mm-hmm. and you, the, uh, I'm slowly kind of unraveling these. I don't know all of the NPCs' stories. Right. That's why I missed a lot. Um, there are entire NPCs I missed my first playthrough of the game. So the uh, I'm still kind of getting the the sense of this. I don't know what exactly what prepare to cry is we will have <laughs> for for from Vadi this right. season. But yeah, mm-hmm. um, this game has a you know really feels like a synthesis of the games that came before. Um, you know, so it has this very strong sense of lineage, which you know ends up being appropriate since that ends up being a story theme in all of these games as well. Right. Um, it's Demon Souls as shit. Like there is, you know, <laughs> it's very dark. It's very grim. Um, there's a hub world. There's those level designs we mentioned before. The teleportation. Um, there's a maiden, um, you know, who does your leveling up. Um, you have that HP penalty. We had mentioned all that before. So it's super Demon Souls. Yeah. It's also Dark Souls as shit. You know, it's, yeah. a, it's a direct sequel. And it's set uh, in the same world uh, centuries or maybe millennia later. Uh, but it is definitely, you know, the same cosmology. You know, hint, there are hollows. Hint, it works much the same way. Right. Uh, and there are kind of resonant themes and these direct lore connections uh, that are present throughout. Right. Yeah, very much a sequel. So if if I was expecting something a little bit closer to a Demon Souls to Dark Souls relationship, mm-hmm. and uh, it's way closer than that. Right. Um, also, I'm really glad that we played the Ancient City because this game <laughs> is Kingsfield as shit as well. Um, you know, not least of which because you just kind of hump walls like a Wolfenstein <laughs> to to open them, but also in that you are incredibly underpowered at the beginning. Yeah. Um, which is the you know the the truth of every Kingsfield game, and not necessarily the truth in Dark Souls, where you can get a weapon that does 200 damage, you know, five <laughs> minutes after starting. Right. Um, that's not the case here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there is definitely a, you, you can see the history of this and everything mm-hmm. that led up to it, and we 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 benefit from that perspective. Um, yeah. There, when you when you get to the the Mecha Solaire at the end, you see the armored core um, <laughs> yeah. kind of influence, and uh, yeah, the eight bit Mecha Solaire. From 3dgame.core. <laughs> so. 3dgame.core. 
Um, point number 11, and this is a little bit more touchy-feely. Um, uh, this is just about the lore and themes in general. Um, so I'm going to drop a, I'm gonna drop a, a 50 cent word here. But, yeah, uh, I, I saw that in the notes. <laughs> I was like, did Cole get a fucking calendar? No, like, no. Wait, wait. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, no, no, but just it's it, it, but 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 it's interesting to me. So in 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 uh, in in both. Let's see here. So definitely in Dark Souls, you got the feeling that you were in one kingdom that was in decline, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but in this one, you're kind of looking at, uh, and here's the word, a palimpsest, which uh, is a word for like a document that has been like scrubbed and then written over again, or more accurately, ruins on top of ruins on top of ruins. Like when they found when they found the uh, the example of uh, of uh, when they found. Uh, ruins that may have been Troy, like the formerly thought to be mythical city of Troy. They thought, mm. oh, well, here, here's here's ruins. This might be Troy. It's in a place that makes sense. Then they dug deeper. Oh, this is like Troy 1.0, Troy 2.0, Troy 3.0. Uh, what you're seeing here is a bunch of societies that are, la- that are that are kind of like layered on top of each other. Um, and there are people who've been around who've like been like witnessed to, like all of it. Right. Right. You're you're going to run into people from different uh, time periods, and this bears out multiple ways you know it, you don't learn about it right away but there are multiple item descriptions and characters who straight up just say this you know this isn't the first kingdom this isn't the last kingdom right. um you know to be here kind of like an unsatisfying cosmology for it but part of what <laughs> i was when i started seeing those dark souls one um connections i kept thinking of um you know it's not my favorite game in the world but that bioshock infinite there's always a girl there's always a lighthouse mm-hmm. thing you know like there's always a kingdom there's always a king you know, there's always somebody trying to hold on to power. Right. There's always, you know, and that, that kind of those thematic circles right. uh, continue. Yeah. And that kind of plays into, you know, larger things of like degradation and renewal. Mm-hmm. Uh, things about the flame and rekindling and, you know, everything that we saw in Dark Souls 1. But also hollowing, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Ashes. And, and the idea of being, you know, they, they said that the watchword for this game was cursed. Mm-hmm. And several people will explicitly say, you know, there's a character in this first area we're going to talk about who just says, hey, you know, you're just going to keep doing this forever. Being alive is actually the curse. Ha ha ha. So, yeah, that, those thematic things just kind of keep keep going. And what really, you know, makes me really look forward to November, other than <laughs> just, you know, Super Tuesday. Yeah. I, I don't, but uh, is, is that... Uh, you know, this the things we're learning from this game will rekindle and reflect on mm-hmm. arguments we had about the cosmology of the earlier games. Right. You know? Like the fact that this takes place in the same world and has a, a kind of different looks at the same themes but from a different angle gives us a more complete story mm-hmm. of this thing that we already, you know, examined to death. Right. Like I thought there was nothing more to say about <laughs> you know about what to do with the old one and Demon Souls, but there probably is, mm-hmm. and this game kind of reflects on on those themes anew. You know, part of the fun of this is playing it and looking for those connections and trying to see like okay, so like like what's really going on here? Like, mm-hmm. like what does this have to do with Dark Souls One? And so kind of like playing it with that kind of forensic um, you know frame of mind, um, you know, it, you you really benefit from having uh, previous knowledge, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I, I would I mentioned this um, earlier, but I would like to do it as an episode. Mm-hmm. Um, talk about New Game Plus. Yeah. At some point, it's a thing now, and it's a serious <laughs> thing. Um, I'm on the record as saying I don't care for New Game Plus in uh, Dark Souls One because it just numbers are bigger. You know, <laughs> your numbers are smaller, enemy numbers are bigger. That's it. Now there are new enemies, new designs, enemies, and new configurations. Um, bosses will ambush you. There are mm-hmm. boss arenas that change. Um, you get totally different items with totally different lore yeah. um, you know, implications. It's a huge deal, and I'm super excited to yeah. actually get through a, a playthrough I feel good about and start working my way through New Game Plus and kind of digging deeper. Right. It's made, it's made to be an onion, this game. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Again, palimpsest. 
Yeah. <laughs> layers yeah. on layers. Yeah. yeah. And uh, 13, dragons, they still suck. We held yeah, up. remember when we were talking about that? Like, <laughs> yeah. how, that that, uh, that arc of from getting better at, you know, designing dragon fights. Yeah. And it's like, oh, they were so terrible. And now they're, they got pretty good near the end of Dark Souls. Um, <laughs> but no. Nope. Yeah, they're, they're still not, uh, you know, they're not, not uh, as bad as the dragons and demon souls, but yeah. dragons are not as cool as you think. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. So let's, uh, let's fire up the PlayStation 3 and hit start and see what happens. Long ago, in a walled-off land far to the north, a great king built a great kingdom. I believe they called it Drang Lake. Perhaps you're familiar. No, how could you be? But one day... You will stand before its decrepit gate without really knowing why. After you press new game, you notice the difference right away. Yeah. <laughs> yep, yep. You uh you get this uh the cutscene is, you know, less like and back in the day there was a <laughs> you know, there are lords in times of ancient. Like it is much more immediate. Mm-hmm. Um the opening cutscene. You get a little bit of that backstory, but you kind of get the sense that this is going to be a little bit more personal and a little bit less about, you know, they're not going to, excuse me, lay out that world right away. Right. And so, you also don't make a guy right away. You start writing the story and writing the cutscene. I like that decision a lot. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. It it, uh, it adds like a sense of immediacy mm-hmm. um, to it. The opening area, which, you know, when we start talking about things betwixt, like the, when you actually gain control of, you know, of your character, mm-hmm. I like that set piece and what that does a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as just giving you a sense of desperation, you know. Um, also, this opening cutscene is great. <laughs> yes, like it's so good. The mm-hmm. you know, so you're you're seeing you know, it, it's essentially it's it's one of the the firekeepers, mm-hmm. you know, talking to the character, but also talking to the player, yeah, and saying you know what is going to happen to you. Like when people say that this game is going to be, or when they said this game was going to be more explicit, I think this is one of the things they're talking about. Um, you know, just you, you know, you have lost everything. You are going to lose everything. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and they keep saying that. They say it later as well. Yeah. But uh, and you get this amazing uh, image of you know what's presumably your character mm-hmm. um, looking at a woman holding a baby and them melting, which I take yeah. to be your memories um, fading away. Right. And that just it just looks great. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just very very cool. Very very gray. Um, you know, it's very desolate, uh, and then it kind of has that contrast of uh, lights that you know kind of pop in, especially when mm-hmm. uh, you see those fireflies uh, that, that that come around. You know, it's less. It, it makes such a great first impression because Dark Souls One, like without any context, you're just seeing these goofy gods that are like right. ridiculous, Seath the Scaleless and you know Bony McBoneface. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know that make more sense as video game bosses than characters you should care about. But you're getting glimpses of a backstory. Um, that you know doesn't really matter so much for the you know for the purposes of what you're going to be doing, but uh, you know actually does you know give you a little bit of context for you know what hollowing means, what this curse is, and you know the the, the why everybody's being drawn to this land and the kind of characters you're going to be encountering. Right? It, right, it it is that desolation and desperation. Yep, and and there's the suggestion you know that you could be an important character as opposed to just kind of another anonymous thing. Like you have an idea of. You know, the whole point of you going to this quest, you're going to, to Drang Lake, and it's because you've heard these rumors that, you know, by that you can cure this curse. And showing that little scene with the family and everything and, and reinforcing that you've lost something, mm-hmm. you're trying to get something back. Yeah. 
you know? Whereas in Dark Souls 1, you know, you don't really start, you know the background of the world, but the way that your guy got there, you're just a, another lost undead. Yeah. You know, your story starts when, when uh, Oscar lets you out of the, the cell. Yeah. Um, here, you know, you have this kind of implied backstory, mm-hmm. um, which is just really interesting. It's an interesting way to take it. Yeah. You have, you, like, it's an implied backstory and it's agency. Dark Souls mm-hmm. 1, you know, you're brought there, you know, on a wing, either fate or a crow or, you know, somebody, you know, like your local constabulary, uh, right. uh, like yeah. locking you up in the asylum and Oscar letting you out. It's a bunch of people, like, making sure you end up in this locked away land of Lordran. And although there's, like, some weirdness, like, you get to drink, like, through this crazy uh firefly ghost <laughs> vortex we have vortex you know? of water yeah. yeah ghost ocean of water vortex <laughs> yeah you um, but you get the you know you're going there on your own even yeah. though i think that when you get there you know you, there's this like a moth to the flame mm-hmm. um you know you are being drawn there by something yeah and uh and we don't you know we don't know what it is mm-hmm. um and it looks incredibly painful yeah the, the part where your eyes dilate or yeah. uh you know instantly <laughs> like it just looks so brutal mm-hmm. um as you're getting sucked into this you know sucked into the game yeah. But uh, you chose to seek it out, mm-hmm. whatever it is. Yeah. So, I mean, it's kind of like Demon Souls in that way, where you are somebody who's venturing to Boletaria for either riches or to save the world, right? Like, yeah. Like, that, like that was the case in that, in, you know, Demons. So, yeah. Even though I think this is just a little bit stronger by doing, mm-hmm. as opposed to just plopping you in the middle of a tutorial. <laughs> exactly. Like that, kind of having a little bit more, you know, not having that in the world was this mm-hmm. um, section is just, you know, much more interesting to me. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you're doing it in the middle of a skeleton tornado. Yep. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. You know, the, the, the twister ripped through the, the, the newly made graveyard <laughs> and just picked up a bunch of skeleton friends. And it's great. Is like, it? you know, give me a skeleton tornado. Good God. Like, of course. That's is, what I want in Dark Souls 3 instead of Bone Wheels. I want <laughs> Skeletornadoes. Yeah. So on this week's episode of The Level, we uh, we proposed a new podcast uh, called Is It Metal? And then it's very, it's very simple to produce. You just you produce an example of something and then just put in a pre-recorded uh, yes or no. Yeah. Skeleton Tornado. Is it metal? Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. It's, it's like that uh, Is It Racist? Yo, Is This Racist podcast <laughs> or Twitter account. And the answer is always yes. Oh, well, yeah. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so so you wake up after uh, after kind of seeing this, mm-hmm. and uh, and you're in control. You're on this little uh, pagoda kind of dais mm-hmm. thing, um, and you control a character that you have had no say in. Um, you're weak. You're you know wearing rags. You have no health, mm-hmm. and uh, you are in things betwixt. The yes. title card pops up. As we said at the beginning, this episode is brought to you by the wonderful and adorable webcomic Latchkey Kingdom. Yeah, Latchkey. It's not just a, an <laughs> adjective for sad poor kids anymore. It's also a delightful webcomic about a willow dragonfly who is a young lady adventurer um, who kind of goes through this magical um, video game-esque world, but not from a specific video game. Um, but it is a comic that rewards video game literacy. And uh, it's very charming. Yeah. Um, you know, it reminds me, um, the thing I kept coming back to is Bone, mm-hmm. um, Jeff Smith's Bone, which is a, one of my favorite comics uh, that is suitable for all ages. Yeah. And uh, just a, tons of, you know, infinite whimsy. Yeah. Think Price about on infinite whimsy. Even, even though I, I am I am much more comic uh, illiterate um, than, than, than Gary is, my, my point of reference on it is Adventure Time. Um, and it definitely mm-hmm. has that, 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 that same sensibility to it, uh, which is, which is yeah. high praise. Yeah, the, the joy of being young mm-hmm. and, uh, and the joy of discovery. So, well, well worth your time. Um, head over to www.latchkeykingdom.com and check it out. So well the, recommended. So the world might be mended. 
you uh, you have no uh, you have no sense of what you look like either. But mm-hmm. uh, you know, based based on people's reactions to you, you can uh, you can tell. Yeah, you're just on the edge of being as hollow as you could possibly be while still retaining control over yourself. Right. Right. Yep. Yeah. And uh, yeah, this is um, kind of this is literally kind of a an area that exists outside of of time and space. Yeah. That it, exists to bring you into to Drink Lake. It borders on Drink Lake. Yeah, it's like the uh, it's like the waiting room or the foyer of this yeah. uh, of this realm. They explicitly say this is limbo. Yeah. Right. Yeah, like a purgatory of mm-hmm. some kind. And it has the feel of kind of like the like the like the time before the ancient times, or with the mm-hmm. arch trees and such. You know, you're in this gigantic crevasse, and you can kind of see the sun above, but everything is craggy rocks and these gigantic petrified trees. Yeah. Right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, 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 you know, you're, you're starting out. Um, one of the things when you first uh, go through here, um, there you enter this field full of skeletons. Well, one, <laughs> one thing, just from a gameplay perspective, one of the things that playing through this made me really realize I love uh, Dark Souls is if the game, if you think that you're supposed to go one way, go another way and there'll be a, an item. You know, so you should always go the opposite of whatever way you're facing at any time in Dark Souls. And immediately, you know, if you go towards your, your right in this first little area, you get an item right off the bat. Right. And kind of seeing that little hidden stuff is really, you know, really thrilling to me and, and a big reason, you know, why I like to play the game. Mm-hmm. Um, but you end up this field full of skeletons on the ground. Again, just skeletons, skeletons, skeletons. <laughs> and uh, you see these kind of shapes moving through the grass. They're not hostile to you at this point. Um, mm-hmm. These are actually kobolds. Um, which I only knew because of the guide. Yeah, uh, shows a better picture of them. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah, yeah, they're just like frolicking, and it's very mm-hmm. unsettling. Yeah, because among, they're like, among the bones, these these childlike, dog-like things that are, um, you know, kind of kind of like almost inscrutable. Like mm-hmm. uh, they, they they feel almost like the like uh, as out of place as the basilisk did in Ash Lake. Yeah, <laughs> just yeah. A, just a little bit like these goofy looking things in a very in a very uh, lonely and isolated place. Right. And yeah. they are not aggressive. They eventually will become aggressive. Mm-hmm. And their purpose is to chase you into the next area. <laughs> yeah. um, either if you try to punch them or if you just, uh, you know, just hang out too much mm-hmm. and uh, send you towards a, a firelit hut. Um, you know, you can kind of do a little bit more exploring here, but we'll go ahead and go into there so we can talk about the, the next lore bit and the character creation. Even though yeah. if you want to, you can go, you know, <laughs> I'm sure there are people already who have, have killed that ogre with their fist yeah. as, you know, be pre-character creation. I'm sure it's happened. God. So I, I wouldn't want to do it, but it's crazy. Like somebody's probably already played through it with, uh, with, uh, what's her name? Mirabelle's ladle, you know? The, um, so Lobos Jr. Um, who I can, <laughs> I'm proud to say like, is one of my favorite YouTube people. And we have him as a confirmed guest on the show, hmm. um, which I'm really excited about. Um, who's going to be on the season a little bit later is already talking about doing ladle percent. <laughs> but that that guy is like, I have an immense amount of respect for that guy and his insane <laughs> challenge runs. Yeah. Like, you know, he is a living testament to the idea of patience. <laughs> um, so, uh, but yeah, he's already talking about doing that. He also <laughs> got um, three bosses away from doing the never rested a bonfire run oh, before wow. getting distracted by chat and accidentally resting on a bonfire. <laughs> Like and just there's a there's a clip of it and he's just like, mm, you know, <laughs> not even. It's not that he yeah. died. Nope. No. Yeah, he wasn't even trying not to die. Like if he died, he just starts over from Medulla, Medulla, mm-hmm. and just goes. You know, it was just never rusting a bonfire and just got distracted and sat down on an accident. Um, awful. Oh, that's too bad. Uh, how far was yeah. he? Uh, three bosses away from the end. Oh man. So literally, you know, forty five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe 
from the end. Like just, it's, it's just crazy. I'm sorry for um, laughing at somebody who is like <laughs> agreed to be a guest on our show, but that's well, just the worst. He'll do it again is the thing. Like yeah. he's just, you know, he's mm-hmm. a machine. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hmm. So, yeah, but, but, uh, but, but you get into this hut and, uh, boy, are these fire keepers mean to you? They're, yeah. uh, yeah, they're, they're these, uh, they're these old witches, uh, dressed in red. Um, and they don't see, you know, it's not alluded that they're fire keepers just yet. Uh, uh, Millibel says it to you, but, uh, they're yeah. just kind of, uh, berating you saying, oh boy, here's another one. Uh, everybody come in here to break the curse. Um, yeah. and you know, like this one's pretty far along just, uh, yeah, just really kind of giving you the business. And it should be noted that, uh, in the opening cutscene, um, one of them is working on a, uh, a spinning wheel. Yep. These are clearly kind of an allusion to the, um, you know, the threads of fate. I can't remember the name of those characters in Greek mythology. Uh, like Hecate. No, no, that, that was, uh, that was Midsummer Night's Dream. The, 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 yeah. the, the, the fates, right? Yeah. The fates in, uh, in, in Greek mythology, mm-hmm. um, you know, who, who weave these threads. They're clearly, you know, an, an allusion to that. Um, and, you know, finding out that they're fire keepers is a big deal. Like putting the Dark Souls 1 connection immediately on Front Street. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one of the things I, I watched uh, some video and they pointed this out. And I don't know why it didn't occur to me, but in uh, Dark Souls 1, they say, you know, the fire keepers can never meet. And uh, he, you know, I think it was uh, Epic Namebro and he said, now you can see the reason why is if they meet, they're not at their fires. Mm-hmm. Like these, you know, these are people who are not doing it. So that's why fire keepers can't meet. Yeah. It's like, oh yeah, it's because you can't move one of these fucking fires. <laughs> oh shit. Okay. The, yeah. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. But this is kind of like a retirement home for, for old fire keepers. Yeah. Outside of space and time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're also, I mean, the like Dark Souls one, it's heavily alluded that, uh, that the process of being a fire keeper is, uh, is horrifying. Like it actually mm-hmm. like, you know, mutates you in some way because of the humanity, uh, kind of clinging to you. But the mm-hmm. fact that, uh, humanity sprites aren't a thing means that these are probably a later generation of fire keepers that, uh, that, you know, didn't suffer that particular affliction. Right. Right. Or, or they just recovered from it or changed or oh, yeah. under their robes, they have, you know, <laughs> they have all kinds of gross tumors and shit. Well, I mean, the, the, little, the, the little sisters eventually became, you know, like proper yeah. little girls. Right. So goiter, goiter city. Under there. <laughs> yeah, just like goiter. a sponge bath for grandma for, for Millibath. <laughs> just, just, you know, ladle and corns all day. <laughs> oh, <laughs> humanity corns. You, uh, <laughs> I can't. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it's tear time with the old folks home (laughs) yeah yeah but they ask you if you can even remember your own name yeah Uh, so condescending mm -hmm. you know like uh yeah and eventually they they pull out this humanity sprite and they or this uh human effigy Mm -hmm. um and they say uh you know can you see yourself in it and that's how you do the the character creation yeah yeah Mm -hmm. there are more you can give yourself a beard now like i have a badass i look like solid snake from metal gear solid 4 Me too. and i took a, the tattoo and uh-huh. moved it over my eye and darkened it so it looks like a patch mm-hmm. you get like I, I look like exactly like solid snake in this playthrough it's great mm-hmm. super cool yeah so if you want to play a wizard you can look like a wizard finally <laughs> yeah and uh you can also have uh you can also have a very fancy mustache mm-hmm. uh so you can look like uh what's his name from there will be blood yeah, so you can look like Daniel Plainview. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great. Like I, this is this is much better. Mm-hmm. This well, is you know, much more fun. Are there fewer hair options, or are they more goofy? They're goofier. Okay. Yeah, yeah. They, the, they've always been goofy, but yeah, yeah. Straight up anime, like anime spikes. Yeah. yeah. Yep, yep. You can make yourself a cloud mm-hmm. if you want to. Almost explicitly too, with the uh, with with the uh, great sword. Yeah. 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 But yeah, um, that kind of sets you out, and then you you know the 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 crones. Um, that that's probably a bad word, but that's like what they're referred to as on occasion. Is it, is it a bad word? I don't is know. Crone, if, uh, like a like I, a slur. No, you know what? I I I, I think it might be like vaguely misogynistic. 
like like mm-hmm. calling somebody a hag. I don't know, maybe uh, the, the the old ladies. Um, you can come back here. Uh, you're you're not you're not locked out of this. Um, you know, it's not a secret to come back uh, like it was to the undead asylum. Uh, but uh, you can come back here, and the purpose that they serve, if you have a special item called a soul vessel, and this is gigantic because I've done this at least once, you can respec like yeah. entirely. Yeah, which again is one of those little changes where I feel like. Not being able to do that in Dark Souls 1 didn't add too much, Mm -hmm. but it became a weird kind of badge of honor. Like, oh, you know, it makes sense. But now that I can do it, it hasn't made the game easy. Mm -hmm. It hasn't made it, you know, it hasn't ruined anything. Right. And all these kind of ease of use changes that people on the internet are freaking out about, I think, are actually pretty positive. You know, Mm -hmm. like, oh, I got this weapon halfway through the game that I couldn't use, (laughs) you know, Um, or I was doing strength and I got a cool dex weapon. Yeah. I want to try it without starting the whole game over or waiting, you know, four more bosses to get enough levels for it. Yeah. Like why like you're not, you know, by getting rid of some of those those restrictions, I think that you can concentrate on other other things mm-hmm. in a way that's really interesting. Yeah. So I'm I'm a big fan of this mechanic. They they don't you can't do it at will. You can't really abuse it. Like you only get a couple of these items in a game. But it just means you don't have to wait entirely for a totally different game to uh, to change your play style. Every advantage they give you is balanced out. Like you are justified in taking, you know, like it's it's not an easy way out, but you're justified in taking whatever favors they'll give. Yep. Yeah. Agreed. Mm -hmm. The um, and there's there's a line here you have in the notes, which is which is great. Where again, like the the whole function of these characters is you know they're is that they're talking to the player as well. Um, you know, they say, hey, you're here. You're going to feed on souls to try to break your curse. Um, you know, and then at the end, she's like, I'll fool you no longer. You'll lose all your souls over and over again. Mm-hmm. You know, like this is just going, you are just going to be crushed again and again. You know, same thing for that opening thing. You're going to end up at the gates of Drink Lake Castle and not remember why you're even there. Mm-hmm. Like it is so aggressive and bleak. Yeah. You know, speaking of there will be blood, like it, it's just like that kind <laughs> of like, dressing down of a person like soul violence <laughs> that like i respond to in a big bad way there's a level of cruelty that like i get pretty into you know dialogue wise <laughs> like and just like oh that that's deliciously mean you know and i, I really like it you so. belong in a jar yeah exa- exactly yeah yeah so good oh yeah um you meet millabeth who is uh who is the essentially just their you know they're disorderly um, <laughs> and she's uh she's the last in a long line of attendant she's mm-hmm. been attending them for a long time which narratively lets you know that this is not you know immediately after dark souls this is right. long enough for there to be you know there to be a retirement home for firekeepers and generations of people to take care of them right generations upon generations mm-hmm. um, she says that there's one there used to be a fourth sister that's missing who I think we run into later in the episode. Yeah. Um, there's not really like, there's not, that's not confirmed. So I don't feel like it's a, really a spoiler thing, but I'm pretty sure that means the, the Emerald Herald. Right. Um, who keeps the fire at Majula and, uh, has some things kind of in common. And it lines up with, uh, you know, the, the, the maidens, um, you know, just like the, like the role that these, you know, centrally located women have, have served in the past. Right. Right. Yeah. Do you think that they, they <clears throat> age and kind of become these crones when they stop keeping their bottom? bonfire hmm that's a really good uh, that that is a really good supposition like they're kind of young and beautiful until they they lose this purpose because all of the ones you run into i guess except for even quaylag who's like half spider but her (laughs) top half is smoking you know (laughs) like uh the uh yeah i think i wonder if that's that's the case Hmm. you get you know and then just like in real life like you get closer to retirement you start uh aging and and dying when you lose your purpose in life oh it's like somebody who uh who retires and then dies like the next week because they've uh yeah yeah they don't have anything to do yeah and that lines up with uh um that lines up with hollowing as well yeah 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 that might very well be the case 
Yeah, I yeah. wonder if that's that's the case, and that's yeah. why she's so young. And they and they talk um, they, they talk about you know how the fire heals, how the fire you know is 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 nourishing. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So there's a bonfire out back, um, and you can light your torch here. You have a torch, mm-hmm. um, which is the you know, the torch mechanics. Um, for every torch you have, you have five minutes of light yeah. in real time, and uh, you don't have to keep switching out torches like in Shadowgate. <laughs> like you just have a, a timer. Yeah, um, I never ran out of torch. So. Yeah, no, 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 nor have I. Um, I also, it took me forever to figure out how to light them because in order to do that, and this is a pro tip for anybody who's new, as you approach a bonfire, you can press triangle or uh, Y. Yeah, uh, toggle. Yeah, toggle. You so you so you toggle the command as opposed to resting at it. You 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 uh, you actually light your fire. And there are certain sconces that you can light on, but um, I was I, I kept on trying to find a torch to equip in my offhand and uh, never was able to. So. Yeah, me too. That's why I initially thought it was as well. Yeah. Uh, but we won't uh, quite go into the tutorial just yet um, because you can go back. We, we mentioned that little side passage <laughs> that we're avoiding. And it does that awesome Dark Souls thing of telegraphing danger. Mm-hmm. Um, when you first stumble across that side passage, there are huge footprints leading up to a little cave um, where there's these amazing ogre creatures that kind of recur <laughs> through the game that look like like one-eyed hippo demons. Yep. You know, somebody read the you know the Wikipedia article on hippos and realized, oh yeah, these things are serious assholes. Like hippos are monster. You know, if they're not spraying diarrhea, they're like one of the most dangerous animals in the world. Like yeah, uh, hippos second, are awful. Second only to mosquitoes, actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah hippos are terrible. And uh, somebody <laughs> read that Wikipedia article and made their base their ogres. Yeah. Uh, on that but yeah. you're into an ogre mm-hmm. and it feels like they're designed specifically to fuck over people who kind of know what's happening in, in dark souls because you're because because your initial instinct is going to be all right i'm gonna get behind i'm gonna get behind this guy and just stab him in the ass a little bit mm-hmm. wanky, yeah. wanky. usually when you see a big articulated butthole yeah. in a dark souls like an asylum demon you know anatomically <laughs> correct yeah but you just yeah. want to get all up in it because that's what you do in Dark Souls. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Uh, here you're punished for <laughs> yep. for crawling into a butthole because because he <laughs> yeah. because so. he uh, because he uh, just straight up falls over backwards on you like a yep. couple of enemies do, uh, which uh, plays into something that is uh, that is kind of a theme throughout this. The enemies are smarter in this, yeah. <laughs> much yeah. much smarter. It, yeah, it's much harder to like ch- kind of chain backstab. I feel like the enemies have a greater variety of moves. Um, if you're turtling, they'll try to guard break you in general. Um, yeah, they are. They are much smarter. The the AI is, has been increased, it feels like. Yeah. Um, if you kill this guy, and you don't have to kill him the first time you run into him like Asylum Demon. If you kill him at any point, so I recommend coming back here when you're when you're tough, um, you get a really interesting ring. Um, some of the rings from the, the earlier games reappear, but this is one that's a totally new concept, yeah. um, which is the stone ring. Mm-hmm. And what this does, and it's uh, it's a it's a pretty good buff actually, is it reduces the effective poise of your enemies. So if you're uh, if you're not running around with a very uh, with a very big weapon, um, mm-hmm. then you can actually use this to offset that and uh, actually interrupt enemy attacks, which makes it uh, easier to survive if you're not uh, if you're not rolling deep with a strength weapon. Yep. Yeah. Very cool weapon. Yeah. Um, yep. And belong to uh, Lothian. From uh, Ferosa, mm-hmm. we'll learn more about Ferosa um, specifically when we get to you know about four episodes in, yeah. uh, where we run into all the Ferosans. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was the first uh, NPC we see referenced. Yeah, in the game. Mm-hmm. So having uh, conquered this kind of you know uh, optional boss 
it's mm-hmm. it's weird because there's no boss in this area, um, and there are more of these later. Uh, yeah, it's just kind of anomalous. Uh, we kind of head in the way the game wants us to go that is not uh, expressly hidden into uh, – well, we have a choice. You either run directly <laughs> to the next area or mm-hmm. uh, or you do the uh, or you do the, the tutorials, which are kind of hidden in these fog gates – not hidden, s- secreted away in these fog gates off to the left and right. Yeah, and, and since I'd gone into this totally blind, I thought these were going to open up hub areas. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize this was the tutorial. Um, my first playthrough, I started as a soldier, and your weapon you start out with is a broken straight sword, yeah. which I used for a long time because <laughs> I didn't do this tutorial and didn't get the dagger, which is actually a much better weapon despite doing less damage. Right. Um, but yeah, I did not know this was a tutorial my first playthrough until I came back and decided to explore after doing the first area. So, um, But yeah, then in subsequent playthroughs, you can do it. You get some items similar to... Uh, you know, kind of fully exploring the uh, the Undegberg or doing the uh, the run up to the Nexus yeah. in Demon Souls, <laughs> and uh, you get the developer messages that teach you what's going on. Yeah, they're on like plinths instead of uh, instead of actual uh, soapstone messages, mm-hmm. uh, which makes them stick out. Not more because those soapstone messages you know, stick out, but it's more obvious that like, Oh, I need to read a thing. Um, mm-hmm. and they put you into the situations that like, Oh, backstab, here's an enemy that won't turn around on you. Yeah. Uh, much, we'll never turn around. Much like yeah. the, much like the, uh, the protagonist of an ace of bass song. Yeah. Yeah. The so. protagonist, <laughs> the person who's accomplishing that quest yeah. uh, of not um, turning around. Yeah. 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 <laughs> like, like your goal is to not see my heart breaking. <laughs> Yeah. How do you choose to tackle this? <laughs> Begin. <laughs> yeah. Also, kind of one of these first areas, uh, you run right into the uh, right into the crows of this game. I gotta say, as far as crows goes, uh, crows goes. As far as crows goes, Dinah and Tilla, uh, they they take the cake. Yeah, I like these guys a lot. I love the placement. Again, it's one of those ease of, you know, less obscure things. Like, mm-hmm. put them right in an area that I can teleport to whenever I want. Yep. Um, put them, make them useful right in the beginning, and also make them hilarious. <laughs> so, uh, they like, uh, you know, so previously, um, we had people like sparkly mm-hmm. things. And uh, and then we liked... Um, fluffy what was things? The other one? Say what? Uh, uh, what was it? Fluffy things? No, uh, fluffy, soft. Soft, yeah, soft. So, soft, give me soft, give me, yeah. And now it is uh, smooth and shiny. Mm-hmm. Yep. And what that means is anytime you get something in your inventory that says this is an exceptionally smooth, shiny thing, <laughs> yeah. um, you know where to put it. Yeah. And what's great about this is it's not like you have a roster of, you know, okay, so the, the you know, old witch's ring turns into the into the lantern. Like, it's not like that where you can kind of, you know, break it and know, okay, I can just farm for this and get like enough Titanite to get an early game advantage. It's a lottery is what yeah. it is yeah so which means you don't you don't necessarily need a guide it also means you can get a very you know overpowered weapon right off the bat mm-hmm. um there's an old whip you yep. can get which is actually really strong you can get a channeler tri- trident which i've never gotten dark souls one <laughs> and you know what i've never fucking found in dark souls two either. <laughs> I've, I've dropped so many smooth stones um but the uh, and you get a kind of a better class of item if you drop the petrified something which mm-hmm. is what people thought was the joke item yeah. starting out but is actually uh you know, it gives you a good chance of getting a Twinkling Titanite or a uh, dragon, Petrified Dragon Bone, yeah. which are the two kind of premium upgrade materials in this this game. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other big thing mm-hmm. uh, that uh, I banged my head up against for a while until I realized it could come back later <laughs> um, mm-hmm. was uh, was the two ogre beach. Although you don't yeah. know it's two ogre beach. Nope. You think it's just one ogre beach? <laughs> yep. It seems like a cool place to hang out. 
And I wait, that coffin doesn't take you anywhere. It's so weird. Yeah. Like I found that I'm like, oh, I'm going to try it. I'm getting that coffin, and screen fades, and you get up, and nothing is apparently different, except you have to fight two ogres. I was like, what the fuck was that? Yeah. And and did not figure out what it did until hours into the game. Yep. Like hours. Oh, like oh, all of a sudden I'm a lady. Yeah, it's a, it's a sex change casket. <laughs> yeah, which is my favorite '80s goth band. Yeah, well, <laughs> kind of, kind of um, like a gendercore kind of thing. You know? it's a, it sounds like um, James Adomian does uh, Dove Charney from American Apparel as a character, <laughs> and a lot of it is just him making up funny products. And he's just like, "I'm gonna put you're gonna be called Belial. You like clouds and sidewalk chalk, and I'm gonna put you in a popcorn dick casket." <laughs> 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 like that's what that reminds you of. Yeah. <laughs> so, so we have a comment from Jason who says, I hope you two can find a way to fit the gender swapping coffin and things betwixt uh, protected by two Cyclopean trolls into Drang Lake's cosmology. Smiley face emoticon. <laughs> it does sound a little bit like something that would be in like an actual mythology, mm-hmm. you know, in, in a weird way. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, it'd be like some, some goddess, like Zeus turned into a goat and tricked some girl into having sex with him. And then she wanted to have a boy instead of a girl and, like, put it in a coffin by the lake. Like, yeah. it almost sounds like a mythology thing. But mm-hmm. in the actual space of being consistent with Dark Souls mythology, I have no fucking clue. <laughs> like, it is such a weird touch. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it may it may just be that uh, that hollowing works really weird. And the fact that this is outside of space and time puts you further away from your corporeal body and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. I don't know. Things are mutable. Everything yeah. changes. Gender yeah. is a myth. So. Yeah. yeah. Time is timey-wimey. Space is wacy-wacy. <laughs> yeah. Gender is dwender. Dwender, dwender. Dwender, dwender. Yeah. Um, there's also uh, the fact that they may have just put this here to see how fucked up the fan fiction could get. <laughs> yeah, exactly. First I turned out a girl and I fucked two hippos. Yeah. <laughs> yes. S- yeah. S- S- Sigmeyer wanted Seath to love him as much as Gwendolyn. Yeah, <laughs> power stance. <laughs> <laughs> power stance. Yeah. So, anywho, you go through a long. This is pretty much it. There's a bunch yeah. of sconces you could light here, mm-hmm. and I, at first I was like, I don't feel like lighting all those. You know that's not going to do a thing. And then I felt vindicated when I found out that lighting them doesn't do anything because, like, what is this <laughs> fucking Zelda? Like, I'm so glad that doesn't doesn't make like you know a tone and open up anything. Mm-hmm. And you never have to light all the torches. Yeah. To make a thing happen, which is great. Um, instead, you go through a cave system and you start seeing messages. This is where people can start throwing in soapstone messages. And you've got a really good note here um, in the notes. I'll let you read it. I like it a lot. Yeah, so yeah. So, so what, what, like, what I see in, in this is, like, you know, as we say so time and time again, time is timey-wimey, space is spacey-wacy. And NPCs say it, too, that, uh, you know, like, just the, the, the reason that you're seeing these messages is because the barrier between worlds is very thin. And my, my supposition is that thin, things betwixt is kind of the singularity, that it actually mm-hmm. is one of the places where those barriers are kind of up. And, uh, like, as you are making your transition, you know, out of this cave and into, you know, Majula, which is the world proper, but it's also kind of alluded to the Drain Lake is just kind of, like, separated from everything else, um, you know, that, that you're actually getting into a place where, you know, you know, space and time are fractured. And that's why you're seeing these messages, which in the lore are the, are the you know, the writings and musings of these desperate people that they're mm-hmm. sending out like a, like a message in a bottle between worlds. Right, right. And, you know, that's supported by things betwixt and how you get there. You know, mm-hmm. in the rest of the game, when you travel to a different world, you just come up from a, a summon sign. And to get into things betwixt, you go into a skeleton tornado vortex, popcorn, dick, casket. 
until I get there. <laughs> yeah. So like, you know, it, it, it is a, it is a concrete place as opposed to just this place where reality is permeable. Yeah. And uh, that makes, that makes a lot of sense. Right. Um, yeah. But you, you walk through this cave, you see all these people saying, praise the sun and, <laughs> and, you know, praise the sun, therefore praise the sun. Yeah. And, and, praise, uh, praise the sun, therefore, wow, such sun. Yeah, such sun. <laughs> um, yeah. And the uh, try, try butt thrust, which is, you know, <laughs> putting, being able to put in that little, uh, one of my one of my favorites was a sign on top of a boulder that just said boulder yeah yeah that's yeah. one of those one of my favorite things to do when i started fucking around with them in dark souls one was just like statue ahead stairs ahead yeah. you know but right in front of it where it's not helpful at all wall ahead um yeah yeah but uh yeah you walk out onto uh Majula. And boy, do you <laughs> like, yeah, it's like, it's like leaving the vault. It's like leaving, it, yeah, leaving the exactly prison like of Oblivion. Yeah. Yep. And multiple people in the comments mentioned that it's a kind of a Bethesda mm-hmm. moment. I think we said it um, in the first impressions too, actually. Yeah. 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 It is a, uh, it is very much like, oh, here is a, and it's so like, it's so pretty. Mm-hmm. Like it, it just, it's a gorgeous, like it looks, it looks like somewhere you'd want to be. Whereas the Nexus felt alien and Firelink felt lonely. Like this is a town. Mm-hmm. And it's, it looks like somewhere you would vacation almost. Yeah, it's like a beachside. You can imagine like a warm breeze. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just it just feels you know feels like home. It's great. Mm-hmm. The only thing that messes with that is the fact that it's either snowing or there are ashes drifting across the entire area. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. Well, that that and the hollowed pigs, <laughs> yeah. the hollowed, hollowed red soap red soapstone demon pigs. Yeah, yeah. The um little little tiny dark wraiths. Um, <laughs> but yeah, other than that. Mm-hmm. Very much so. And uh, in kind of the lore, this is the ruins of a, a seaside town. Um, and because it is so centrally located on these spokes that you mentioned, um, a, a town has kind of sprung up there. Like the, mm-hmm. uh, the shops and everything actually make sense because there are travelers, you know, walking from one area to another and need a place to, to resupply and everything. So much like how towns actually start, mm-hmm. um, that is how this area yeah. started. And people just kind of like go there and stay there by habit. Right, mm-hmm. you know, and and the, like it's kind of a kind of a subplot for one of the NPCs we're going to talk about. Like it becomes a home because this mm-hmm. is a place where you know people who've lost everything are kind of gravitated towards, and you're all sharing a common affliction, and you're losing your identities together. Right, like, it's where you know, everybody doesn't know your name. Right, yeah. <laughs> Every, everybody knows your name for you. a while, and then they try and yeah. hit your face. <laughs> Everyone knows your name, you don't know your name. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, yeah, you have me- uh, mementitis. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. Yeah. The um so initially the, the the first thing you see here um is there's a huge landmark you have to kind of go which is this huge uh kind of lighthouse tower. Yeah. I kind of think. Yeah, and as you're walking out towards it you see oh that's a bonfire, right? And mm-hmm. who's that beside it? But uh but uh, but about a lady in green. Yeah, with uh with hair covering one eye. Yeah. And uh and she's uh she's a nice lady. Yeah. This is the uh the Emerald Herald. And uh, she is very important. One of the interesting mechanics that we didn't talk about um, because it hasn't come up um, is that uh, if you kill an NPC in this game and they're a shopkeeper, they become a gravestone. Mm-hmm. And you can spend souls to summon uh, summon them back to use them. Um, but the soul cost is more depending on how important the NPC is. <laughs> and if you kill the Emerald Herald, it costs so much to bring her back. <laughs> do, you, do, you, do, you, do you know a number or is it? 
No, no, yeah. I, I, I didn't. I never tried to bring her back. I killed her on just like a one-off character that was entirely to kill her, just to see if you could do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've read people complaining about it online because you're <laughs> you're bringing her back to spend souls, mm-hmm. and uh, you end up spending a lot of souls just to get her back. Right, it's it, crazy. Do, do you know is that getting her back permanent? No, or? no, you just summon her ghost for like a, a session. <laughs> so every time you have to, you know, spend yeah. these hundred thousand souls. It's, like a, it's an asshole tax. You just yeah. have to pay for for killing <laughs> yeah. this innocent person. <laughs> Oh man, yeah, that would be uh so dude <laughs> also it, does she remain permanently aggro if you if you uh, if you hit her? She never goes aggro. No. Um yeah, oh, she uh, just lets you kill her. Yeah. So, Cuz I could see like one errant like, "Oh, I'm going to set my controller down and go uh, refresh my beverage." And yeah. uh <laughs> just fucking Wait, up your game for life. Here, here's a thing we'll talk about in a year. Um in New Game Plus you get an armor that exudes poison. Oh, so anything shit. next to you gets poisoned. And somebody, <laughs> somebody online who's just like, yep, everyone in Medjool is dead now. Um, <laughs> you're like Pigpen? Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. You just enter the enter the place and you're just a traveling plague. <laughs> you're just like a dander cloud. Well, you're, you're like the DARPA chief. <laughs> yeah. You're like you're like Snake, rather. Yep. Um, yeah. <laughs> wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would suck. But yeah, she's very lore important, and uh, you know she kind of uh, uh, sets off your your quest, uh, which is you know uh, she asks you first, are you the new monarch or the pawn of fate? So mm-hmm. kind of setting out kind of what King Seeker Frampt said in Dark Souls One. She just says right up at the beginning, you know, do, do you seek to become the new king? Like, well, I don't know, I don't know why I came here, but I guess that's one reason, right? Yeah, you came to break the curse. Yeah, I don't want to be a pawn. That's, that's that's what you want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she mentions that you have to go. You're seeking King Vendrick. Mm-hmm. Um, who's the person who built the kingdom. And uh, he, they say he stared into the very essence of the soul. And uh, she doesn't have any answers about him right. um, other than that, that. That's the thing. And you need to seek him and seek the uh, the more powerful souls, seek the great souls. Yeah, she tells um, you that the, she, that your soul is too puny uh, to, to, to go up against him. Yeah. Or to see him, rather. Yeah, yeah. and that soul level one guy was just like, fuck you. <laughs> um, and, and she mentions a little bit about the people in the town. Um, she eventually gets some kind of additional dialogue, but not quite as much as I wanted. Right. You know, and I maybe just haven't done everything with her. Mm-hmm. But uh, she mentions uh, there's a, that blue knight who's up at that tower, mm-hmm. um, which we can go visit now. Yeah. So yeah. So it's up there. This is an, this is an interesting tower. Um, I'm going to uh, read a note here from Take, a uh, longtime contributor who says, Did you know that you can check your death count at the monument by uh, just looking at it under offline mode? I'm up to 101 deaths currently. So mm-hmm. this tower, if you examine it, actually shows worldwide how many deaths there are, which is currently in the tens of millions, I think. Yeah. 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 And it was, you know, four days in, like at three million. Yeah. Or something like that. It's so many. And that, that's such a fun, like, uh, that was actually something that was in Demon Souls, but it was hidden in that top part of the Nexus you never wanted to go to. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but yeah, the, uh, and actually I just read a thing on um, Illusory Wall, that blog, that there's a death counter that is coded into Dark Souls 1, but there's no way to access it. Huh. That would show your, your death counter. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and we should make a note here. So that we're going to go talk to the uh, the crestfallen friend, um, Salden, up here. But uh, we're not going to talk about every NPC that ends up at uh, Majula. We're going to talk about them when we run into them, and then we'll talk about them getting back to Majula when we get to them. Mm-hmm. So we'll talk about the people who are there now. Um, but this is very much a hub world where right. uh, everybody doesn't know your name. Mm-hmm. And the uh, so for right now, we're just going to talk limit our discussion to yeah. who's here. We're going to be back here. It's not like, you know, you leave Firelink and then come back after you, you know, end up on the other side of Blighttown. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like you, you're coming back here probably literally 
two times an hour. Yeah, all the time because yeah. of the the fact that the the Emerald Herald, which you mentioned, is the only person who can level you up, right. which is a decision I'm not crazy about. Right. Like it adds a lot of loading time and friction, and you know it makes a sense from a lore perspective that she has this power, and it enforces a rhythm on the game of forcing mm-hmm. you kind of to revisit this area, which I think is on purpose given that um, it's such a crossroads. Mm-hmm. Like they want you after a beat a boss after you beat a boss to consider a new direction mm-hmm. because you might be at the terminus yeah. of this spoke, but it feels like a, a un like kind of a clumsy way to do it and on the playstation 3 at least like the load times are pretty extreme um you know it takes a long time once you to teleport relatively yeah. i'm finding myself really really looking forward to getting the pc version uh because yeah. of that actually just popping it on an, S- on an ssd and going hog wild yep yeah yep, me too yeah mm-hmm. but uh but yeah so uh we're, we're you know we're gonna we're gonna hit them as they come uh crestfallen Salden. uh you know there's always got to be a crestfallen guy just like there's always a girl and there's always a tower um yeah, yeah. same voice actor uh-huh as the, the crestfallen warrior he's great his every, every every performance has gotten better yeah 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 and uh yeah. what's cool is he's downright cheery compared to the other ones well he's not just sitting in the middle like he's in a town yeah <laughs> like he's not just sitting staring at a fire forever until he decides mm-hmm. to go you know, throw himself into the throat of a... He's, he's by the know, beach. He's in the most serpent. gorgeous area. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's retired. He's Jimmy Buffett. <laughs> so he's wasting I, away in Majulaville. I loved your tweet <laughs> about... Uh, <laughs> I, love, uh, I loved your tweet about uh, how Jimmy Buffett is children's music for adults. It's, it's totally true. There's yeah. a part... Jimmy Buffett, adult man, wrote a song <laughs> called Cheeseburger in Paradise that the bridge for is just him naming cheeseburger ingredients he likes. Like he's fucking Barney. Like yeah. it's literally like I like mine with onions and tomatoes, big slice of ketchup and a French fried potatoes. <laughs> this chant about burger ingredients. It's like what am I listening to? <laughs> Pine nuts, walnuts. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, it's fucking insane, is what it is. Yeah, but yeah, he has a lot to do with uh, Crestfall and Salden. He's very much a Jimmy Buffett character. <laughs> yeah, just call me a Salton head because I'm a big fan. Ew. Yeah, yeah. No, you're going to rent a houseboat. It's going to be a whole big thing. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Get a rent skeleton houseboat. Yeah, skeleton yeah. Okay, fan artist, get on that. Yeah, skeleton house, houseboat, dip casket, popcorn. Um, <laughs> yeah. But he, one of the things that when you talk to him and you're exhausting his dialogue, we should mention that you should exhaust everyone's dialogue. Yeah, even if they um, repeat. Because you get more mechanical. Yeah, you should get you'll get more mechanical uh, benefits in this than you do in in Dark Souls. Mm-hmm. Um, is that some of the things you know this game being less obtuse is he says a lot of things you know pretty direct mm-hmm. um, to you about uh, how the game works, about how summoning works, and it's right there. You know how messages work. It just tell you right off the bat like they're not hiding that shit. Yeah, and even uh, uh, lays out uh, your your various pathways out, which is one of the more. Mm-hmm confusing things about dark souls one you know deciding which way am i supposed to go um and really there is only one correct option unless you're doing some kind of like challenge run but uh, at the very least there is uh, there is a certain amount of clarity and purpose by talking to this guy um and uh, some foreshadowing is like oh hates tower of flame that sounds awesome yeah yeah, yeah. and i i did not go i tower of flame is the new catacombs for that and i spent a long time in the tower of flame without mm-hmm. knowing how to get to forest of the giants yeah. which i'm embarrassed to say but uh banged my head up against that for quite a bit well it's funny because um, the pathway to the to the to the forest of giants is kind of uh, analogous to the pathway to the catacombs yeah the exactly it's situated. the right way to go now yeah yep yeah, pretty crazy pretty funny yeah. um he uh, is actually a co or a covenant leader mm-hmm. um the way of blue which is the uh, coward covenant? <laughs> the, the, um, the, the, the trophy is called uh, the Covenant of the Meek. Yep, 
exactly. And the, yeah. the idea is that uh, if you wear this ring, which you should join the Covenant no matter what, because the ring gives you a slight health boost. Right. And you have uh, four ring slots, so you probably don't have anything better at this point. Um, the uh, If you get invaded, it summons somebody from another Covenant who can only interact with red phantoms. Like, right. they are only there to fight off red phantoms. Mm-hmm. There are two covenants that are uh, kind of locked in eternal struggle. <laughs> and uh, this is the, you know, the peop- these are the, the stakes right. in that covenant. There's one, you know, group that wants to protect them, one that wants to kill them. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've never had a blue summon or a blue phantom summon to help me. Um, in all fairness, I end up taking this ring off pretty quick right. um, in the Forest of the Giants. But, yeah, it's a really cool idea. And, you know, just adds a little bit. So, you know, you're going to be invaded more often because uh, being hollow is no longer protection against it. They might as well give people who uh, still want to play online an option to get protection from it. And uh, mm-hmm. it, cre- it creates more opportunities uh, for not just, you know, multiplayer to be foisted upon you, but uh, for co-op to be foisted on mm-hmm. you. Right. Kind of yeah. like, OK. Which is might- a really cool idea. Might as well have a buddy. Right. Yeah. Agreed. Um, you're also going to find Lenagrass the Smith. Mm-hmm. Uh, downhill from here. He's locked out of his own shop. Um, which I, at first I thought, like, kind of before I got to the end of the game and kind of exhausted this guy, mm-hmm. I thought that this was not his shop. Like, why is he locked out of here? Is he just, you know, he makes a reference, he says something like, this is where I left my tools. And it mm-hmm. doesn't make it sound like he, he owns it. Um, you know, but I can't find anything that that shows that he actually doesn't. But I thought there, I definitely thought there was more to this guy initially. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't seem like there is. It seems like he just locked himself out of his house and accidentally, you <laughs> accidentally know, somebody sold the key. Uh, yeah. Or, or I think she probably picked it up. Yeah. Um, you know, which makes a sense with, with who has the key, but yeah, just locks himself out of his house, which is a hilarious, like <laughs> mundane thing to happen. Yeah. <laughs> and he just sits next to a waist high window that has no glass in it. I'm just like, I've broken into some apartments, you know, that, that I've locked myself out of. For stereos, And this yeah. guy won't, yeah, yeah, in certain, uh, you know, certain dark times of my life. But this guy won't eat, like, he won't lift a knee to get <laughs> no. in. Like, it's, he could literally fall into his own house, yeah. but he won't. And even still, he says, oh, go fetch my key, chop, chop. <laughs> like, fuck yeah. you. Yeah, this guy's kind of an asshole, yeah. Um, Hint, if you've yeah. ever unironically said chop, chop, go to hell. Oh, yeah, or if you snap your fingers at somebody, yeah. like, to have them do something. Even if, if you're on the phone and you want a pen and I'm holding a pen, uh-huh. if you reach your hand out to me and snap your fingers to get the pen, I hate you. Yeah. And I will always hate you. That fucking yep. sucks. Like, don't don't treat people like horses. Yep. Give yeah. them sound cues to, to move quicker. <laughs> yeah. Like, not acceptable. Yeah, tip your waiters, Ugh. please. Yeah, um. absolutely, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is where you can upgrade uh, your stuff. Uh, upgrading works a little bit differently. It's not like uh, uh, you have different uh, smiths who will upgrade different ways. Like this guy just upgrades a weapon, um, and there's another mm-hmm. smith later on who imbues it with elemental stuff. In general, I think that the way that the upgrade system works is stronger. Yeah. Um, and more intuitive. Mm-hmm. Like you know, it just the weapon just has a strength, um, but you can also add an element to it. Mm-hmm. There's no and same thing with uh, trading boss weapons like. You know, oh, I have Quelog's soul. Like it, it can turn to a weapon. Oh, but you have to have a plus ten scimitar to do it. <laughs> right. Nope. You just can just trade it for the weapon now. Yeah. And uh, both those things, I think, are kind of huge uh, lower friction changes. Yeah. To the just game. Consider um, it. Yeah. Yeah. Right now, we can't get in there and do any of that because um, we have to go get that key, which we mentioned. But when we do, we talk to him, and uh, one little story he has is he talks about um, kind of setting down roots. Right. You know, and he mentions this uh, this daughter who goes gallivanting around, who we'll meet later. Mm-hmm. Um, and he you know, wants her to settle down. He, yeah. he cautions you against being her. Right. And again, so. uh, people making Majula their home. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. 
Yeah. Which again, you know, show, shows just a little bit of a softer side to this world that gets pretty bleak pretty quick. But, uh, you know, just the idea that, uh, that, you know, that, that, that there are people who have enough hope to like, well, we might as well try and make a home as we, as we lose our minds. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, next we, you know, we come to my favorite. Easy. Um, there's, a, there's an armor or two that you can see in the, the way here, but he's not very interesting. Yeah. Um, you know, you can catch on the way just kind of geographically is closer. Mm-hmm. Um, and he just, you know, failed in, in his, his home <laughs> area and moved here. Yeah. Like his, his, his thing. So, so Malin, um, is, is, is his name. He stutters. Um, and, uh, and he's from an area called Volgan. Uh, and he actually gives a little bit of like background to it. So it's less like we are a proud race of knights, you know, mm-hmm. with, with stealthy sorcery arts. Like it's less of that. It's more like, yeah, it's like a really bustling trade town. Um, and he kind of gives a little bit of a lowdown on these blue sentinels who are the, uh, who are the, uh, you know, companions to the, uh, the way of blue people saying like, yeah, they're kind of like mob bosses. You know, they're shaking everybody down. Like you ha- in order to do business there, you have to be able to bribe. I couldn't afford to do it. And then ultimately, like, he admits, like, he actually has no idea why he's here. Right. Which is is huge. Like, every character is losing their memory. Right. Um, Yourself included, which we're introduced to in the cutscene. You run into a lot of people who tell that story. Yeah. And he's, Uh, uh, he's like Domhnall. Um uh, from uh, from Dark Souls One, in that he will uh, trade or he will sell you boss armor as you defeat those bosses, or as you spend more money in his shop. Yes, his uh, inventory changes, which is the other big thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it should be noted too, like I just I, just because there's nowhere else really to talk about it. I guess we mm-hmm. talk about it next episode. But um, when you're buying his stuff, um, 100% physical block shields are incredibly rare right and you don't get one for a long time like when i first saw his inventory i was like where's my fucking heater shield i need something <laughs> light and perfect yeah and uh, it never comes mm-hmm. so um you know that's that's a, a real big change that'll, that'll kind of come into come into focus next episode i guess yeah but yeah but we'll move on to my, my favorite yeah npc shakur um, the sweet or sweet yeah. shakur yep who is who is a cat like just <laughs> it looks like a house cat not like a big creepy alvina cheshire cat just a cute house cat. When I first walked in, she was sharpening her claws on the wall. Exactly, you know. And I, you know, could have looked over and saw my exact cat doing that exact thing. Um, you know, not narrating to me. But I love uh, Sweet Chalcor. There's an interesting little bit of uh, lore with her. She sells you a ring mm-hmm. that's cat related that talks about how cats, um, if they live long enough, eventually they transcend mortality <laughs> and become, um, you know, kind of uh, godlike beings. Mm-hmm. And you you can't kill her. If you try to kill her, she just laughs and says to keep trying. <laughs> um, she is definitely a supernatural creature. Yeah, much like Alvina, except less freaky. Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. yep. and uh, the 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 uh, green maiden. Sorry, the the emerald herald. Mm-hmm. Boy, mm-hmm. Um, she. Uh, Oh, that's funny. Green Maiden, Black Maiden. Um, no, she she mentions like, yeah, that small thing over there in the ruins. Uh, you know, it's, she's an ancient thing who has nothing but contempt for humans. And that is the funniest thing. Like she loves, you know, your undead smell. And she always yeah. like delights uh, <laughs> when the suffering of others. Yeah. And she teases you about it, too. Mm-hmm. Like she pretends not to recognize you. Mm-hmm. And then says, just kidding. Like, essentially, yeah. it's really like something that will will re- reveal as we kind of go through this. This game has a much looser sense of humor than Dark Souls one does. Yeah. There are item descriptions that are straight up like pretty funny mm-hmm. in this game. And there are little touches like her that and, uh, you know, specifically an NPC that we run into um, in Hades Tower of Flame that are really hilarious. Yeah. Um, you know, more so than in Dark Souls one or Demon Souls like. Scheme, you know, it's it's kind of balancing out that bleakness with uh, you know a lot more humor, yeah. um, which is just is, is a little bit strange, but I like it, mm-hmm. and uh, and I like the the way that uh, that she works with yeah. this. Um, she is the one warning about the other covenant in this area that you should not join. 
Um, <laughs> Although know. I love stories about people doing it accidentally and not knowing yep. what the fuck. <laughs> yep. It sounds cool. Yeah. Like, I want to be a champion. Champions rule. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that sounds great. <laughs> I want to kneel before victory rock. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll, is this metal? You know? <laughs> yes. yes. Yes, it is yeah. metal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and there's some homeward bones up there. Yeah. And of course I want to go up there. It seems great. <laughs> it's a great place to be. But yeah, nope. <laughs> nope, 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 nope. Yeah, I, I definitely joined it the, the first time on accident, but unjoined it. I went up here before I went to uh, the Way of the Blue. Mm-hmm. So I joined it and then immediately left it <laughs> for the Way of the Blue. Thank goodness. So I never got, you know, got the ill effects of it. Right. Yeah. And, uh, you know, this one, you are collecting all stones by defeating invaders um, for the for the privilege of working up towards getting a ring that makes hand to hand more effective. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah this, this is the man covenant. Yeah. Like this is this is to be you know to be be a strong manly dude berserker mm-hmm. um yeah it's essentially it's a challenge mode there are lots of ways that you increase the challenge yourself in this game um this and and bonfire ascetics mm-hmm. uh which you know we'll talk about when we first run into them right. um but the uh yeah it's it's hard mode um you got in the notes here is grave lording yourself which is which is very similar right so yeah and there are just a couple of other features in the area uh most notably the gigantic pit <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. They built a town around a pit. Yeah. Um, and there, there's well, – this is the first point where I learned that fall damage is different um, <laughs> because there's a jump you could definitely make in mm-hmm. Dark Souls or Demon Souls yeah. down there. But there's just a huge pile of bloodstains next to it and can, just phantoms falling to their death. Can you quantify how fall damage is different just uh, for people who don't know? It's just harsher. Okay. Um, in Demon Souls, you can fall a really long way without – dying especially in phantom form in uh, dark souls you know uh, fall damage is based on a percentage mm-hmm. so you know even at soul level one um you know there are you can either make a jump or you can't mm-hmm. here that i still think that the percentage thing may still be true but it might be closer to what it is in the uh, the well in kingsfield <laughs> where like having enough health is really you know that what will get you through this fall or yeah. being able to slow your fall through an item right but uh falling is just more serious mm-hmm. in this game so, and if you're not careful, you're just going to straight up fall right into this thing. Yep, which which complements that kind of uh, less vertical design mm-hmm. that we mentioned. You know, if if it still had that same kind of verticality, it would be pretty obnoxious. Right. That falling was a you know was such a bigger deal. But you know, a lot of the places are a bit more horizontal. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. boy, I feel like we've talked a lot about the things betwixt and uh, <laughs> and Majula. Yeah. 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 This was yeah, it was a long uh, long episode. Um, yeah, but that, those are that's those are the uh, the tutorial and the hub area. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll be coming back to the the hub area as things change about it. But next, we are going to go down the, uh, the little hidden passage, go through a little lever puzzle, and eventually <laughs> get to the forest of fallen giants. Yeah, um, which continues the Dark Souls like Souls game trends of like amazingly well designed first areas. Right. Like just just very very well designed clever mm-hmm. first areas. Yeah, it's funny so. that all the all the uh, paths off of uh, off of Majula have airlocks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, is... I think it has to do with that, yeah, that kind of like that space thing. Like, mm-hmm. I wonder if you're, you know, what you're actually traversing right. there since we know you're going to essentially, you know, like what would be the equivalent of a much further distance. Right. Um, you know, that space is spacey wacy thing. <laughs> it's also, there are fewer areas to go to right from the bath right. in this. Um, you know, Dark Souls, you're open in the beginning and close, you know, or open at the end mm-hmm. and uh, open in the beginning. And you kind of have a, a middle section with Anne Orlando and um, Sense Fortress that's locked. Mm-hmm. Um, here's the opposite of that. You right. are closed at the end and closed in the beginning, and the middle is the open. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, and it's it's guiding you towards uh, the uh, uh, forest of giants. Um, mm-hmm. However, you know, you do have the option to go to Hyde's Tower, and if you want to farm souls, you can get into the pit. 
Um, but, uh, but like not everything is open to you right away. There is a sequence that it is that, that is gently massaging you into, but, uh, Mm -hmm. but like, it doesn't take that much to get to where all four areas are open to you. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that, that's it for this episode. Um, let's hit some, uh, hit some admin. Uh, thank you for listening. If you are a first-time listener, uh, uh, we welcome you into the fold. Uh, we are all excited about Dark Souls 2, and we are excited to uh, kind of discover it with you. Um, if you have yeah. any thoughts on our next area, so uh, the way we do this is kind of strange. It's too late right now to respond on uh, Things Betwixt and Majula because we are recording those responses kind of at the same time here. Uh, but uh, we'll let you know about the deadline for uh, responding about uh, the Forest of, uh, of Fallen Giants. That said, still write in. Uh, just know that you may not get on the show if you're not talking about the, uh, the particular area uh, that we are uh, looking into. Yeah. And, and the place we'll, we'll, we'll let you know about that is our Facebook page, yeah. which is blowing up. Um, <laughs> not, you know, several times a day someone posts an interesting video or link. There or thought, um, it is becoming a great place to talk about Dark Souls too. Yeah. So you should definitely like uh, Bonfire Side Chat on Facebook if you are the Facebook persuasion. Mm-hmm. Um, you know because uh, you know we they, that's where I like to talk about the game and where other people do as well. Right. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see here. Um, you can write in. That's uh, duckfeed.tv slash contact. Uh, and uh, right now is a very important time for us on iTunes. Uh, if you are a person who uses iTunes, uh, reading and reviewing us uh, right now in the midst of this flurry of activity. Uh, first, if you have rated us, uh, thank you. A lot of people have been doing that and we kind of been blowing up there. Um, but, uh, you know, it's not too late to uh, continue keeping us on that front page and helping people uh, discover us. Uh, which is, uh, you know, as as interest in Dark Souls Two is up, we want everybody to know that hey, we're we're completely rolling on it. Yeah, yep. And if you don't like iTunes, um, you should definitely uh, tell your friends, or tell a blog, or you know, tell a tell an internet. Yeah, <laughs> just walk up to the internet, let it know, whisper Sweet. in its ear. Um, all of that stuff is you know super useful. Like uh, this is the most important time for the show. Mm-hmm. as far as stuff like that goes. Um, it's also, if you're just now discovering us, uh, maybe you'd like some other stuff that we do. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I would recommend going to duckfeed.tv. Um, we have a lot of other shows there um, mm-hmm. that I think that if you like this one, you know, there's a good chance you'll like those as well. Yeah. Uh, you know, Watch Out for Fireballs is probably the, the flagship one, which is a uh, retro video games uh, book club style podcast. Yeah. Um, additionally, there is um, uh, Abject Suffering, which both Gary and I do, which is kind of a bad game show uh, that is uh, nominally about bad games and mostly about whatever we want to talk about. Kind of a comedy-themed yeah. uh, kind of thing. Yeah, which is lots of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a show called The Level, which is a video game roundtable uh, show that Cole mentioned earlier that he does with some buddies from college. Um, kind of an audio magazine about uh, games, newer games, what you've been playing. Um, just kind of runs the gamut mm-hmm. and uh, is well worth your time. Yeah. And uh, Gary has several uh, comedy shows that are on there, such as The Pitch, Pilot Season, Dead Idea Valhalla, uh, that are all uh, very much worth your time, and uh, Evergreen, so you can listen to them, even though they're not currently updating at the moment. Yep. And the uh, it's also a good... Uh, and also, there's uh, Those Damn Ross Kids, which is Cole's comedy show that he does with his brother, <laughs> um, structured around weird news stories, and uh, also just kind of banter. Yeah. Um, so if you want to hear a, a relationship. <laughs> um, also, since you know a lot of people may... Uh, if you want to follow uh, me on Twitter, um, you can do so at Gary Buh. That's mm-hmm. G-A-R-Y-B-U-H. Mm-hmm. And I am at Cole Ross. That is K-O-L-E-R-O-S-S. Yeah. 
And I'm going to take this one like little opportunity. We won't do as big a pitch section, you know, section um, for every episode of the show, but because I know there are probably a, new, a lot of new listeners, um, you know, if you uh, there's a couple things for sale at the Duck Feed store. Um, I made an album in Mario Paint last summer. Um, it's five bucks. It's a uh, 50, 50 songs all done in Mario Paint Composer. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also available to do freelance music. So uh, as we, you know, I'm trying to do a little bit more freelance work as we're going into summer. So mm-hmm. if you have like a podcast or anything like that, and you're looking for someone to do music, I am available for mm-hmm. that. And uh, I also have uh, writings up on theyearbookoffice.com. So if yep. you're interested in reading my writing, uh, you can go there, and I have articles up there occasionally. Yeah. And um, I haven't updated it as much recently just because of uh, Dark Souls 2 times. But there is Hexcrank, which is a blog on the network uh, that is dedicated to survival horror games, which may be of interest to the skeleton-minded. Yes. <laughs> we know that you're a skeleton-minded. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So that, that is a very long uh, admin yep. section. But uh, <laughs> can, can I get one well more done in? if I don't say so myself. <laughs> yeah. Can, can I get yeah. one more in? <laughs> yeah. If you want to yeah, support yeah, the network talk. financially, uh, the, the best way to do that right now um, is to go to duckfeed.tv slash tip jar and uh, use the Amazon link. Um, you can click that and uh, we get a little kickback from everything you buy. doesn't cost you anything extra. You get the same Amazon experience. And that goes towards helping us uh, do cool stuff, such as continue doing the show. <laughs> Yeah, it's it very appreciated. Yeah. So uh, the show doesn't, you know, we don't really make money off the show, but it doesn't cost us money. And that's because of uh, people doing that. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, let's uh, let's wrap it up. Let us so, wrap uh, it up. Yeah. Until next time, um, you know, praise the sun, therefore try butt thrust. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Seek misery, lest this land yep. swallow you whole. Lest it swallow you whole. <laughs> Good night. And we all pray that we will have far more soon.